Hi, I'm Orla Mnilis. And I'm Ricardo Tiken. Tiken. <laughs> You're listening to Digital Radio. Welcome to the Recommendation Game, film with a week podcast where we take turns to recommend a film the other's not seen. We watch it and then we meet to discuss it. Or sometimes we recommend things and then we change our minds inexplicably and with very little time for order to watch the other movie. No bitterness. Uh, <laughs> okay, in fairness, you haven't Ex- seen Top, Go- uh, Top Secret either, <laughs> no, so it would have made a difference. <laughs> Explana- explanations, though. Um, yes, yeah, so this week's film is Playtime from 1967. And the synopsis is Clumsy Monsieur Hello. Hello? Monsieur. <laughs> Monsieur Hello finds himself perplexed by the intimidating complexity of a gadget-filled Paris. He attempts to meet with a business contact, but soon becomes lost. His roundabout journey parallels that of an American tourist, and as they weave through the, they weave through the inventive urban environment, they intermittently meet, developing an interest in one another. They eventually get together at a chaotic restaurant, along with several other quirky characters. <laughs> Thanks, um, Google. Well, like uh, in fairness, this is a movie <laughs> that is notoriously hard to synopsize. Uh, yes, um, the film was directed by uh, Jacques Jacques Tati, produced by Bernard Maurice and Rene Silvera, written by Jacques Tati, Jacques Legrand, and Art Buchwald. Okay. That's brackets additional English dialogue starring Jacques Tati, <laughs> music by Francis Lemarquet, and cinematography by Jean Badal, Andre Winding, and edited by Gerard Polican. Okay. Ooh, lots of names. Well done. Thank you. This next film is for Ricardo. Yes. Ricardo, do you want to give the history of your choice? Okay, first of all, my apologies for <laughs> anybody that watched Top Secret in preparation for the podcast. I bet many people did. Yeah, yeah, You did yeah. a lot for that film. But um, to begin with, uh, is not a, a slight on Top Secret itself. I still think that it is a very funny movie. and uh, It's not a movie that I'll pick for the podcast, though, in the future. Okay. Uh, I was watching it and I realized that it is a movie, like some comedies that only works when you are watching it with somebody else. Oh. Oh, interesting. <laughs> uh, it is... Like, it is a ridiculous movie, and I think that it has some of the funniest mo- moments in movies ever. And, <laughs> in uh, movies ever? Yeah, like, it, it's ri- ridiculous. Like, the the, the movie, uh, Top Secret, just so you know, it's a mixture. Uh, you know how Airplane is, like, a take on, uh, like, disaster movies mm. and uh, Police Squad and uh, 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 what's the... Shit, the, the name is Naked Gun. There you go. It's like Top Gun. Yeah. The Naked Gun is uh, a parody of cop procedures. Yeah. And Top Secret, they decided to parody two completely different types of movies. One is the Elvis musical. And the other one is uh, the Resistance War movie. And... Um, <laughs> Why did we not watch this? Uh, like the the opening scene of the movie is, of Top Secret is uh, Nick Rivers played by Val Kilmer just singing over the the uh, oh, over the soundtrack. Val yeah, yeah, it's the first movie that yeah, he did. it's like 1984. Uh, singing over the soundtrack is a reappropriated version of Surfing USA by the Beach Boys, but it's called Skeet Surfing. So it's a bunch of guides surfing, but with shotguns and like as people like doing the the clay pigeons and they're just shooting and stuff. It is uh, like I still recommend people to watch it. Yeah, but. Number one, I was really tired. I think me and you might need to watch it. Yeah. Separately, not yeah. as a... Uh, the reason that I didn't... Uh, uh, that I swerved left, let's say, <laughs> is that... I don't I, know what direction you swerved. Uh, I wanted to pick a comedy of sorts uh, because we haven't done one in ages. Yeah. And uh, so I picked up Secret. And because I was watching it, and as well, I think that maybe I was very tired when I started watching it. Mm. And even the jokes that I know that I love, and like telling other people I laugh at the jokes. <laughs> but even in the, the first few minutes, I wasn't laughing, and I realized that I wasn't in the mood for it. Yeah. And it's a movie that it, it's you have to be in the mood for it to like. And 
because Unlike you this ca- movie because you can't uh, really uh, oh jeez uh, <laughs> because you can't uh, accommodate for how you are going to be feeling watching the movie it's a mm. uh, it's a tough one to to pick uh, the reason that I picked Playtime is that I think it is one of the best made films of all time. Mm. Uh, it's a very interesting and unique film. It's not like there's so many other movies that Ebert put it completely right. And it's, uh, you know, the we mentioned Ebert quite a lot. And mm. I think is that when he's off the mark, he's completely off the mark. But when he gets it right, he gets it right. Yeah. And he says that... Uh, Playtime is to comedy what 2001 A Space Odyssey was to sci-fi. Mm. That is something that it's so unique and so uh, fully formed when it's uh, made that there's no point and there's never been any imitation of it. Mm. But also it's you can't draw any line from any movie prior to it either. Yeah. It's almost a it's a genre fully formed and completely just made perfect the first time around. So there's no point of trying mm. it again. Also, it's like visually stunning. Uh, I think uh, I I find it quite funny, but in the sense uh, in the way that a lot of French comedies are that is more <laughs> giggling than laughing out loud. <laughs> yeah, giggling. Uh, uh, it, like Tati is a very interesting filmmaker. Uh, he made uh, the best way to describe it is that he's a silent filmmaker working with sound. Yeah. Uh, most of his comedy seems to be uh, drawn more from Buster Keaton, even more than Chaplin. Like it's really like uh, Marx Brothers, mm. Keaton kind of I thing. I did think Keaton over yeah. Chaplin definitely. Yeah. And uh, his uh, for like he made a series of movies that were hugely successful with uh, the Monsieur Hulot character. One mm. of them is like Mon Uncle, that has a. A dinner scene that inspired the the restaurant scene here that is in a way chaotic but is only like dealing with like five people mm. in a way but um, <laughs> like and 150 it, people like and in this. Uh, for this movie uh he spent about 10 years trying to make it mm. uh he all that the movie it, it, everything that is shown in the movie are sets that he built for it yeah, I Which only is read insane. that. I only read that afterwards. I was it's like, insane. <laughs> like, there's a almost fully like full size uh, airport. Yeah. Uh, there, like, even the exterior <laughs> is made loads of high rise glass buildings, a road. He he made even a roundabout, like a massive roundabout, uh, and then inspired Spielberg to do the terminal because of like building the set and let. Oh. Uh, um, Tom Hanks run around in it and whatever well, you say about the basically movie, what yeah. that movie is yeah <laughs> it has Stanley Tucci so uh, yeah. uh, 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 it is like the terminal is an awful movie that I like yeah oh I, no I, yeah. like I'm in the same boat 100% yeah and uh, it's fun to make fun of it but it's like you know sit down and watch it over a Sunday evening and uh, uh, Playtime was a huge critical success but a huge bomb in the box office but I think that it sounds it, about right. <laughs> it made some money, but also is that the he invested so much money on the film that there was no way it ever was gonna yeah. break even, ever ma- mind making a profit. It's a fantastic uh, folly. He he was completely bankrupted uh, by the film because uh, most of the like he put his houses and everything as. Uh, as uh, collateral for the film, which is oh, Jesus. both, uh, in a way, it's the it's a weird thing because you think, oh, what an awful way to uh, waste all your life's work and uh, things that you've amounted over your career and life in material things. But at the same time, it's what Tati said: is that at the end, this playtime will live forever. My house yeah. is going to be owned by somebody else yeah. after I'm dead. And, uh, I think when you have a folly that is as fully realized as yeah. this is, it's a different animal. And uh, even the, I love that Monsieur Hula is in this movie, but it's, ge- it's also genius the way that he puts him in the movie because it was the only way that he would get funding because he had a, <laughs> a huge character, success with yeah. other characters. 
and it's almost that he's an accidental main character in this movie. Yeah. That he's as uh, as wandering as any of the side characters. Yeah. Uh, and even his introduction gives you that feeling, like uh, of uh, the sense that he's just one part in, in a whole. Mm. But also, uh, straight away, his introduction introduces the way that Tati uses sound, mm. the way that he drops his umbrella and goes. And but I think that thematically, the movie is very interesting because it talks about modernity and the the follies of modernity in mm. some ways. But it's not a, a biting satire in mm. a way. It's more uh, an observant comedy. It's almost as a stand-up show of just uh, um, observing comedy. Yeah, but at the same it's... time, it's everything is in wide shots with deep focus. There's no close-ups whatsoever in the entire movie. Yeah. It, it is it, structurally in the way that it's made as uh, pig-headed as Ozu was as a filmmaker. <laughs> that is like, I'm going with this style and that's it. I that's have the one style. Uh, yeah. But I think that it works amazingly in this movie. And uh, but unlike Ozu, this is uh, the only film that he uses uh, this style purely, uh, mm. which is interesting because you can see uh, glimmers of that style in his other work uh, come in slowly. Mm. And this is like what his career was driving to. And uh, I also wanted to pick the movie because I think uh, as a lover of cinema, I wanted to show you uh, the Royal Garden scene because I think those 43 minutes, I think, is one, if not the most complete part of filmmaking ever. Everything. Every, like, the, just the, because the movie has no plot. Mm. But it's not to say that it doesn't have story. Mm. Because uh, every little thing, uh, create, he creates many stories throughout the movie. That within, even has, within every frame yeah at all times at all times which is incredible <laughs> and it just like the royal garden scene it just builds up and builds up and builds up and builds up and everything it's so carefully positioned almost like a game of chess mm. that he knows exactly what is gonna even the 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 waiter the <laughs> His clothes are ripping, and then uh, people just keep taking more of his. So he starts, he ends up being uh, assorted parts of other people's <laughs> uniforms uh, without going home to, to work. But it's uh, somebody, uh, a YouTuber called the uh, his channel is Royal Ocean Film Society, I think. Uh, mm. He loved Tati, and he do, he's done two film essays on uh, What's it this called? film. Royal what? Royal Ocean, Ocean Film Society. <laughs> That's a really cool name. <laughs> uh, and um, he did two uh, like short essays about uh, Tati and mm-hmm. the way that he used modernity, about playtime in particular. And uh, he uh, nails it again in saying that Tati doesn't uh, delve deep into characters, but he's a genius in characterization. Mm. So everybody... Uh, there's no depth in the characters, but there's specificity. So you never lose track of who is who within yeah. the scene. The waiter that, mo- that keeps checking his hair, that is like straight away, you know what type of character that is. Mm. The bartender that is like super frustrated with the design. The architect that is completely useless <laughs> and is, quits and is brought back because it's the opening no- night. The... The manager that is the the it's, guy that is trying to hold everything together. It's so faulty towers as well, but like. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's like all the episodes of Faulty Towers happening at the yeah, same time. Yeah, 100%. And I love how just the thing of the door that they break the glass door and they oh, keep gosh, opening. Oh, man holding it. And then later on, he gets tips. In it as well. Yeah, and then the the the. the but then he's like, it's it's the it's the constant callbacks to things as well. That the, like, the drunk guy that, that, that they just put the, <laughs> that they get the the bar keeps... still upside down. That they put the dude in the bar still so he won't fall over. And I think that it is, uh, in a way, the best way to describe it as a scene is more likened to a musical symphony mm. than a film scene. 
because it's developing motifs and calling back to them and whichever. And then when it gets to the end, it's just everything going together. But because you spent 40 minutes getting there, Mm. everything makes sense. And it's one of those scenes as well that it only gets better because, number one, you know what to expect. Mm. Number two is that because you know what to expect, you start looking at the background and there's like six or seven like funny shit happening <laughs> in every frame at any time that you just catch every uh, so often. Oh, just, just the, the, the step that the lights won't go on, like that people keep tripping. And uh, the, the, the scene straight after, you think, okay, the, after that tour de force that the film should end, and it becomes incredibly melancholic and loving mm. the, about this city that before he was just, in a way, very uh, distant but judgmental in a way of yeah. the of uh, what it was. It's an oddly warm ending. Sorry. It's an oddly warm ending. Yeah. Uh, yeah and almost nostalgic and it's about like how you can make connections even in this weird world that it's like just because it it is glass edifices doesn't mean that you have to be glass people as long as you Mm. try and it's this weird thing as well about that that royal garden scene that is the more the place is falling apart and the more like the ideas of uh being a good uh uh person in a restaurant yeah it goes away the more the the people relax and the more they they start becoming uh, having fun even the staff are Mm. starting joining and not giving a shit or whatever by the time it's like the next morning and they're going into the drugstore it's like everyone is it's a there's a different feeling to how everyone is behaving and acting and and there's very few films even in those that are like depicted an entire night of drinking uh, this and oddly enough I think uh, everybody wants some that has been mm. in this podcast that capture that sense of like being out all night the drift into and the then, next day yeah, yeah that you come out and it's like the the street is being clean that you don't want to go home and you keep going yeah and uh, just how like the the sh- how he buys the present and then gives it to her but he doesn't give it to the, the present to her uh, to the American lady. I just love this movie. Like, every time that I watch it, I'm more surprised by everything on it. Mm. And I just wanted to to share it with you. And I think that... Uh, I think that in a way... Uh, it, it has similar... Like, the reason why I picked this after bailing out a top secret mm. is that I think that it has similar... Uh, a similar vein in the way that I see comedy in film. They're in the opposite ends of the spectrum because Top Secret couldn't be more a insane, just out there yeah. comedy. While this is a work of art. But at the same time, I think that it never is above itself. And I think that when comedy moves to uh, trying to be something beyond comedy. uh, And I think that Tati never like uh, he never belittles the comedy. Yeah. Uh, He just uses to enforce what he's trying to say. And I think the best comedy directors like Keaton and um, to a lesser degree Chaplin that I do like, even though I prefer Keaton. <laughs> you can't even uh, say Chaplin without saying that. I, yeah. I love I find that hilarious. But, um, or- Orla, what did you think of Playtime? Uh, <laughs> where to begin? Uh, and um, uh, just the question before you start. Yeah. Uh, had you ever heard of Shakadetti or this movie? Uh, no, I uh, knew zero. Okay. Yeah. Like, I'd heard Jack Tati, but I've never, I knew, I had no context for this whatsoever, which I think, you know, we'll get to that. Um, yeah, like, this might be the first film where I feel like, I'm not sure if I've actually seen it yet. like, Even though I watched it, I like, but at the same time, I only got one run at it. And I know that that's obviously our thing is that you only get one go at the movie, but like, I feel like I need another few watches of this to fully, fully wrap around everything that's going on in it because, like, it's, it. I mean, I, you know, I know I say this a lot, but like, this really is a fucking experience of a film. Like, and never have I wished more to have seen something on a big screen. Definitely, because 
I mean, they're like, although at the same time, maybe for the first go, that would have been a bit overwhelming. I'm like not, you shot it in seventy mil. As yeah, well. exactly. Yeah, like we'll get to that, but um, uh, yeah. So um, yes, I just I want to make that clear up front is that everything that I I think about this film is it feels like it's developing still. Yeah. I think maybe, but um, yeah. Like so I went into this knowing absolutely zero, um, and I think that's the way to do it. Like just because. There's no way to explain this film. Like you can, you can attempt to. Like obviously, like the shitty Google synopsis is never going to do it. But I don't think even in this hour we're going to be able to explain to people the full extent of what it's like to experience this film. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to remember. We definitely watched some of this in college. I don't think all of it, but I'm fairly sure Richard or somebody because I know I've seen that lobby scene with the chairs. Okay. Definitely, and in a film school context, not just in a. Well, if we did, I missed it because. Yeah, it feel uh, it feels like a Richard one. Or, mm, I'm not, I'm trying really hard to remember, but um, at the same time, like there's too much going on in this, like as you're saying, from a filmmaking standpoint, um, for us to have not watched this at some point in college because this is like it's everything like in cinema basically like yeah like that that scene in the lobby i was like oh no i've definitely seen this and then for a minute i was like fuck have i seen this film and then i was like nope (laughs) and then yeah because i actually did really wonder because from the entire opening scene like at airport everything i was like oh and then it gets to the building and everything and i was like oh god but then it just i was like no no no. and like even if i had seen it with my memory and this film i don't think it would have mattered because like there's just so much going on but um yeah i think like to begin with like you mentioned about the fact this is 70 mil like we have to talk about the framing in this like it's it it's so important to this film and like the the fact that he picked 70 mil is like it's 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 specific um and not in a like tarantino christopher nolan specific sense of using 70 mil this is like it's this is like pointed use of 70 mil like it's like 70 mil that you cannot ignore because like 35 mil was not enough for him. Like he yeah. had too much. He needs the real estate. Yeah, he had too much to put into the frame. And like that's something that, you know, you can say about when filmmakers that there's too much going on. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, not even stick. I mean, someone like Michael Bay, maybe, but part of that is his editing as well. It's the fact that he fills the frame with fucking parallax and just insanity. And then he intercuts that then with the insane editing and it's too much. And it's like, it's overwhelming your senses all the time. And like, this film is, I don't think overwhelming is the right way to describe it necessarily, because especially for that middle section, it's building all the time. So it's building on things that you've already seen, characters you've already seen, characters you've been with a little while, and you're, you know, you're moving back and forth all the time. But that doesn't mean by the time you get to the kind of the crescendo of it, you're not a bit like, what? Because it, it's like, if your eye drifts at all, you're like, oh, oh, fuck. And then the thing you're watching is gone. And you're like, oh, like it's, it's. It's, ab- it's like a where's Waldo kind of... It, like, it's... it's He's just... He's using every section of the frame in, like, it's such an interesting way. It's it's the combination of the deep focus and the 70 mil as well that makes this look so unique. And the fact that it's... Um, I was trying to think of another example of that. And the use of only wide shots. And, like, it's... It just looks like nothing you've ever seen. At the same time, because of the 60s aesthetic of it and the people that you know who've been influenced by it as well, like it's it's just fascinating. Oh, you, you can you, you can bet your ass that Wes Anderson liked this movie. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> like it's just, I mean, it's just, just, just action, talking, characters, irony. It's like there's just so much going on at all times. But uh, like, just like filmmaking is all about like, you know the presentation of information and like what you show and what sounds you use and you know what you don't show and like he's presenting like his information in a way that I've just never seen before and like that was just so interesting because even once you get a grasp of his like style let's say and you know kind of like how it's he's kind of going it's still because he just keeps little little things all the time and it was just it was a it was a treat like but um even the the, the way just the build up about the chairs the pop back up 
Like, the, it, it just keeps calling back to it. And I, the use of the sound of it as well. And the, like, yeah, like, I think the best way to describe this film is that it's it's like a feat. You know what I mean? And, like, um, I think as well, like, we definitely talk about, um, like, his use of, like, perspective. And uh, I mean that in, like, a, like a, like a physical filmmaking sense and, yeah. and and like his use of architecture and everything which i think is like oh my god but um <laughs> i think well, it's like he just he has this like it's it's a way of viewing like both people and cities and patterns it's like alien it's so like it's 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 really i find it really intriguing i'm just like who are you, <laughs> you know what I mean? like, like, yeah so uh i use the word feet it is a feat of many things, but I think for one, blocking. Like, I, I was just watching these scenes and I was like, I don't understand how, how you're having all of these things and all these, like, the amount of marks. Because there's a lot of physical thing, comedy, like, so much of this is physical comedy. Like, it's like 90% physical comedy and physical movement through spaces. Like, everyone is always doing something. Like, there's, you know, obviously there's always going to be people who are standing there or whatever. But most of the time, people are walking, they are going. At all times in the frame, there are people leaving it. And, like, even that as a feat of itself, of being able to, like, the timing of that, that it works in some sort of strange rhythm, but it doesn't feel in the way of, like, how Wes Anderson's sort of, like, take on this of being, like, the lateral tracking and everything and, like, having, like, his is, like, choreographed in a different way. This is, like, it's the observation of it, of, like, it feeling mannered. But also not. It's it's very precise, but it yeah. feels very rambunctious. Like, yeah, uh, it feels. It's like it, the best way to describe this is like organized chaos because yeah. it is. It, it's and your eye is not ready for it at all because you know there's no way for your eye to be able to absorb all that information at the one time. And it it is the feeling of being in a modern city of when. There's like, there's just, there's too much going on. It's like you're crossing at O'Connell Bridge, you know what I mean? And it's, there's, it's rush hour and there are so many things going on and so many people that it feels like this can't exist. You know what I like? And if you, if you're, if you're not, if you're not yourself going, having to go somewhere, if you have to pause for a second, it's like overwhelming because it doesn't feel like this, this can't, there's like too many ecosystems cohabitating <laughs> in here. You know, it, it's, um... But yeah, like it, and it's the fact that the performances as well, which I find quite interesting about this, because I was like, oh, Chief, and I can't imagine. I feel as if he lifted the lid off an ant farm and filmed it, rather than these are people being told what to say. Yeah. Because the performances, like, they're all, it's like a fucking charismatic movie in a lot of ways, and that. Each person just has that deadpan, you know, that yeah. that charismatic look, that charismatic posture. You know what I mean? Like where yeah. within those movies, like directors who are able to like, it's a combination of casting and then also how you work with your actors of just, just whatever is in your insane head, managing to get that into another person. And like, you know, it's witnessing that on this scale is like... <laughs> <laughs> I Imagine, a... how do you explain to like a know. producer that you're gonna make this movie i don't know like i don't even i don't even know how you would script it i don't know what the script looked like like that's the thing is like it's it's such an odd odd thing and the the whole thing i was like it's it's like the architecture as well like it's like architect it's like surreal it's like architectural surrealism yeah you know what I mean? And the mo- like the modern example that kept coming into my head was the IKEA ads. Yeah. Of how like <laughs> everything looks fake but because it's real. They're complete nonsense. Like they're they're insane. Like they're 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 dreamscapes. They're they're nuts. Like they're but they I think they're a good example because they have a very it's a very Swedish kind of sensibility to them as well. Um, but like the use of color and everything, but you know, they're nonsense, but they're highly organized. Everyone within them is within that world. Like it's very, like, I, I, I was just, 
like highly choreographed characters like moving around a world or a space that is completely created for them but that is completely working in tandem with them because it is you know and like the whole thing is like a, you know it, it's I, like <laughs> I just wonder is like you know like does Ikea know like the fact as well that this is like the furniture in it as well I was like does Ikea know what it's doing with this yeah. like is this like is it real like because that's really meta if you think about it and then I was like that's actually really interesting yeah. <laughs> I was like <laughs> Like I, I I watched some Ikea ads earlier and I was like, literally It's <laughs> like all I was saying is honestly, because there's so many so many things going on here and like the, even like the era as well of it and like the you know we even got to talking about comedy in this because that's obviously such a big part of this, but um like <laughs> all I was thinking I was like this is like a hundred ninety nine percent invisible episodes. Like Yeah. I, I, I looked it up because I was like, they must have talked about this in some fashion. Like, he must have been. Because there's so many, like... Did, did Roman Mars have an episode? No! Not that I could find. Like, I didn't do a very, like, extensive search and their website's not great for, like, finding particular episodes and stuff. But um, I find it bizarre that... Tweet at him. Like, actually. Because, I mean, they could do a whole series on this in the way that, like, um, what do you call her? Did, um... Um, what's her name with the great name and the great voice about the clothing yeah and like because there's just so much going on here um, yeah like but, so did you like it uh, yes <laughs> yes I don't know <laughs> I don't know who I am anymore <laughs> um, <laughs> a lot of very deep moments with this movie um, uh, yeah also we 100% have to talk about the production design uh, the fact that obviously he did design all these himself i didn't know i i figured that like some of it was set but it's very hard to imagine that someone would build something so insane so i was like some of that has to be real i don't know and then at the same time there's so much else going on that you can only think about that like once every half hour or so but um i love even like the the idea of the glass that like, he just keeps calling back to it uh, some really interesting ways well. the, like, the bit when the when the guy is gonna ask the security guard for a light without realizing that there's a window in between them yeah or the hula looking at the reflection across the road thinking that the the business contact of his oh, God, is on the yeah. other side and that goes on for so long as well it's like oh and it's <laughs> There are a lot of very like stressful moments in this movie as well, where like people are just keep missing connections due to like just what's so great about like within different scenarios where that kind of trope is used, like within the office space of like where you're supposed to meet somebody, but the guy, keep, you know what I mean? And he keeps getting taken away for different things because like you've had that happen to you in real life. Like that's the thing of where, yeah, 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 we'll, we'll yeah, yeah, we'll talk, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's like, oh. Uh, and you and don't know if he means for you to follow yeah, him yeah, or Yeah, 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 exactly. It's the same thing of like when you're in a kind of a, like an interview scenario as well, where you're kind of like, you know, you don't really know what you're doing and you know, people do not help you in those scenarios either. And they're like, oh yeah, just down there. And you're like, where? Sorry, I don't know where I'm going. You know what it's the awkwardness of it and like it's just so so many things um but yeah like the actual the design itself like obviously like the, the interiors and like the building and the restaurant and everything but the thing that really like i was like ah! was the supermarket oh yeah with the cheese oh my god it's like sylvanian families i was like oh my god that is amazing like that that was so um like fantastic mr fox yeah. as well like it was but even just, ugh, just the way. it looks like a cartoon but it's real life you know <laughs> they're just like what is this cheese why is it not in french um yeah the the version i had had very intermittent odd subtitles as but well the thing but i don't though of that really when the movie was released in some places they didn't even bother putting subtitles on it because yeah, it, like it, it's not like most yeah. of it even the french bits are so like faint the sound that it's not meant to be heard in a way it's it has the quality and you get the information from like the acting yeah of of movement and expression and everything so but yeah the sound design is so fucking interesting because it it is like it's like designed but also 
oddly realistic in a way as well of how sound and especially conversation overlaps in like large areas when there's a lot of people and a lot of things a lot of spaces a lot of things the way audio bounces around that you know it's like you're so used to how in a film where you know you are like the whatever you're the camera basically so like everything is being designed for you everything is like it's if it's like sucking in this like you know perfectly kind of like channeled when you come up against something like this at the start you're a bit kind of like oh what you know you're trying to like figure it out especially from the sound point of view more than anything like that was the thing that really threw me at the start you're kind of like why is everybody whispering why is it but it's not even that they're whispering it's just they're just sort of they're just talking to each other it's not meant to be it's like it's just like a kind of a film yeah that hangs over everything all the time and it's like you kind of once you sink into it you stop trying to figure it out so i i think i kind of stopped reading the subtitles even because yeah. it was like even by the time they would arrive i'd be like eh, where you know what's already not yeah i don't you know that's and uh, can i ask you a couple of questions yes uh, first of all, did you think that the film was funny? Because you did mention that we haven't mentioned the the comedy bit. You... Uh, it's funny that like it's, it's whenever you're describing it as a comedy, and I think that because people have such a like sad idea of what comedy is in their head, and it's uh, so subjective and everything as well, is that like when you describe it as, a, as a, this as a comedy, it almost degrades it some way. But that doesn't mean that it's not also a comedy yeah but i don't know if i would call it like funny i didn't like there's definitely moments where you're kind of like you know like you know but you're never like i don't think i like was i was never like rolling around laughing yeah you know what i mean it's not i have two moments it's not like i definitely was whenever like the reflection and the guy and he's like (laughs) i mean and (laughs) There, and especially actually yeah a lot to do with the doors as well and like your man with um whenever the glass breaks and then like, they put it into the thing and but the same time, I didn't really... like, like he puts it in the ice bucket as well oh yeah it's ice <laughs> it shows up later as well and you're like what <laughs> um but it's more just like you know I think that you more know, than well, laughing is know. that when I watch this movie, I have for the two hours, because the movie moves along, but it's yeah. two hours long, that uh, <laughs> I smile from yeah. first frame, yeah. from the moment that the nuns are moving and their like, synchronicity <laughs> of the, the wings, I just start smiling. And there's three moments that in the entire movie that makes me laugh out loud for quite a bit every time. Yeah, One is uh, when... Uh, uh, Hulo is uh, trying to leave uh, his old army friend's apartment. Oh, God, yeah. And uh, like 20 minutes happens that it's just your mom like potting around and dressing. Uh, and like uh, <laughs> Tati makes this interesting framing that it looks like his neighbor is looking into, yeah. like looking at him undress. It's like they're watching him, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's like pure interesting as well because then you're also looking at it from outside. Yeah. So it's like she's not watching him but if you want to you could watch him because yeah. he's just undressing at the ground floor people walking by there's no curtains and it's it's if they're they it's like a fishbowl as yeah. well the way those things are designed like it's so it, like and then like about 10 minutes passes and then he just hears something goes to the corridor that is like pitch black a hula is still there <laughs> like just couldn't figure out how to open the the front door <laughs> and like every time it, but again it's like the the moment uh, realization when you don't know how to get out yeah. of a place and like, because of my job being like my current job that i go to many many different offices and stuff yeah. and i'm always don't know where and things they are, are never self-explanatory yeah and it's like and you're always afraid of opening like a fire accident yeah. <laughs> like, you know because they, sometimes when you're you going know, out like... side door yeah <laughs> you don't want the alarms to go off yeah. but it, it, mm. that moment always it catches me and the, the moment that is so small but for some reason it tickles my funny bone to no end mm. is the all the waiters in the um two things in the royal garden saying even though i think most of it is funny but i think that there's so much of it yeah like it doesn't give you the time to laugh yeah that there's definitely you don't want to cover well. it kind of thing but the moment is, one is the the dish that the the 
both are related to the fish dish. Uh, one is the when they put the fish dish in front of the table, and uh, they keep they never serve the dish. So a different waiter comes in and starts like seasoning it, putting lemon, like very theatrically. Oh yes, and they season that fish about like twenty <laughs> times during the scene, and every time I just laugh for some reason because it's just funny. But uh, the other bit that I just love because it's so nonsensical but so precise is the way that they all the waiters kind of like uh, adjust the sauce with their hands when they get that dish and i think that it's so disgusting and the sound effect <laughs> that it kinda, goes they, but they all kind of know as well yeah, they, just kinda, tap it, they look they? until then it's like ooh, and you're like ooh. yeah because the door is too uh too narrow for the the plate so they had the, the they had to take the plate out of an angle and represent it and instead of like just taking out the door because the door just like slams. That is a very tatty sound effect. Yes. The, the door is kind of just slammed because the worst side doors ever. I just love it. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what, what would be like the, 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 the because. I think that this movie, it is a movie of moments. Yeah. And uh, I could just list off perhaps the entire Royal Garden scene yeah. of little things that I love. But uh, what are the, the... But it's such a specific film yeah. that it makes you remember, like, very... Like, you never forget. Like, I hadn't seen this movie in about 10 years. Yeah. And I, I was watching it and it's like, I remember this. I remember, like precisely to the framing and the sound effect you know what i mean it's <laughs> so the sound uh, like uh, like the the, the when hulo goes behind the board of the guy in the airport taking calls and you just see his legs <laughs> moving like from side to side to side to side and it's just his legs behind the board um <laughs> Rick was into like the deli and he's there kind of like oh food okay and he's like oh, no no don't want that oh yeah because <laughs> of the green of the pharmacy everything <laughs> looks great was like what is this building like it's so weird it's like if you paint in paris yeah it's weirdly parisian i don't know why it's like it's so funny it's like there is something about certain parts of Paris that are like weird and empty and yeah. there's like it's only full of shops that have like three things in them and like it, that aesthetic I think is captured so well in this because it's like <laughs> just being like I don't know where I am or why I'm here and like <laughs> but I'm hungry but I don't want that like <laughs> oh so but the question that I had was uh is there any particular moments in the film that stuck out to you that uh, that you'd be like, yeah, the I I like that kind of thing? Definitely the roundabout. Yeah. Just the image of that, like the the movement of it. It's like it's like toys. It's like Sims. Oh, the the it's like the, the, the guy takes the baby by mistake <laughs> instead of the package, <laughs> like to the taxi. <laughs> Oh god, it actually is like fifty faulty tires episodes happening at the same time. Like especially with the food at the the restaurant and everything and like and as well and like because the tiles keep coming up. So you're like it's just your man walking over them, like trying not to like and the way whenever he goes to fix it as well of how you Like the four tops. <laughs> oh god, yeah, definitely the fish out. Oh, this like like whenever he's trying he's giving your one the scarf to give to your one on the bus and your woman he can't get out then it's like no no you must go through the thing and then a woman comes through and she's like you know i have shoes i have carrots i have this i have this. it's like the carrots are like in the shoes i'm just looking at it going what you know like Odd, odd things happen in daily life all the time. Every so often, you kind of go, "Jeez, ah, that's weird." That it's that that is this entire film, yeah, of like just the farce, and like it becomes such a like weirdly on point representation of like like modern life and like you know especially city life, like life with so many people coexisting in such very small spaces of like. <laughs> what that's actually like of the like weird social structures that we adhere to and the weird like 
and how when you stand back and you look at it of like something like how traffic lights work and you think of how just bizarre that concept is but you know when you're in it you're just like gonna get to my fucking job and what i love about this film as well is that even for my sin for my sense i'm a uh, optimist <laughs> i don't know how i'm still one but i'm like i'm barely one of days uh, i'm still holding on yeah. in there i'm not entirely sure <laughs> yeah like if my my fingernails are about to give away but at the um, but how optimistic this movie is because in the end like the movie starts and you think oh no it's gonna just be another uh treatise about uh fucking I, yeah, modern life that, or whatever that, yeah. and at the end it's like yeah in modern life it like all life it's gonna be messy it's gonna be crazy it's gonna be mental it's gonna be ultimately pointless pointless but at the same time it's gonna be warm and it has gonna be it's gonna have moments of warmth yeah. and loveliness and the craziness that are like in a good way because even though we're all there together we're still like all humans like we're all feeling the same detachment and we just need yeah. to cross that little barrier to be able to like touch the the person next to you and talk to them you know, like in a yeah. way that, like you were saying that it is a, a, a treat in a way, a, a feat yeah. of filmmaking. I, I, I truly think that it is one of those films that you go and there's a before you watch this movie yeah. and then after you watch this movie. I've been movie. having a very weird week. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> especially like walking around. Like going to work after watching this movie and like particularly because there's just something about the dart that I've like I find the dart very charming and um <laughs> the only knows me knows this um like the particular like etiquette of the dart and everything and like just especially I was sitting there today like it was quite quiet it was a kind of a weird muggy evening and just kind of like watching people and stuff it's like I was there and I was like doing my notes as well and um yeah it's just funny how sometimes things make you just kind of look at things just differently yeah like hmm. <laughs> um, any final thoughts before we move into um, favorite things look and watch it like just yeah i i feel like i don't know how this is not a movie that doesn't come up more often I'm when also, people actually, talk about like great films i like one question actually yes yeah, well because i did look it up um and like there's you know, there's a good few articles of people kind of going this is the best thing ever can't tell you why but you know <laughs> and it's a little bit like that it, it it's it's too big to explain or yeah. something it's like um i was curious though why you waited to pick it why wait well like i was kind of saving it yeah uh also because of like the flow between films to yeah to go and also it's because it's a film that is very dear to my heart and I just wanted to pick it when I wanted to watch it as well. Yeah. Not just for the podcast because it's the kind of movie that like I haven't like I've seen it. This was the third time that I watched it mm. and I take a long time between watching it so I can almost relive the experience that I had the first time. Yeah. Because I'm not looking for the thing that I missed the last time. I'm just being bombarded by all the information and I'm like, oh, where are the things kind of thing? You know what I mean? That yeah. It's kind of, you're able to get lost in the chaos the same way. And I think because so much oh, of the, the film... It's as well, because we talk much about process and this is a movie of like a hundred thousand processes yeah. going on at the one time for different people and different things. And yeah, it's... And uh, yeah, like... And it's... Uh, I, I think that it is, in a way, is disappointing for you because... There's no other, like, for... If you watch his other work, mm. it's not as unique as this. So it's yeah. harder to, to enjoy. And they're, like, really great movies as well. And the more overtly comedies. They're, like, comedies with a capital C kind of thing. Yeah. Well, uh, they're perhaps easier to digest. Uh, I, do, I don't know. So this is a film that, like... It can't really compare it to anything else. Yeah, like it's. Uh... <laughs> it's just like it's... Yeah, it's 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 an. It experience. is playtime. Yeah, and I love the is. title as yeah. well. Oh, uh, it's perfect. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's your favorite thing, Orla? 
the way it made me feel. Um, <laughs> no, I do. Yeah, it's just... You sounded like when, like in a romantic comedy, it's like, what is the best thing about him? <laughs> like, I can pinpoint it. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just... <laughs> you look lost, Orla. Like, yeah. I am a little bit lost, to be honest. Uh, but like in a nice way, in a very pleasant way. Um, it probably, it probably Tati himself, because like not the character he plays, but um, this film is, is like... <laughs> looking both into his brain but also at the world at the same time yeah which is a very strange kind of dual concept to kind of be straddling and it's sound because it's a sound it's a kind of movie it's it, you know it's like synecdoche new york or something or something that is like you know not that i don't love synecdoche new york but you know it's something that it's like of oh, a person it's a you know a person's universe kind of thing but that's not really what it is either because yeah. we can it, tell the like, Charlie Kaufman also seen this movie when uh, you mentioned it. <laughs> um, yes, um, you know because it weirdly is Paris but isn't. Yeah, you know, and like I, I find that weird combination so fascinating. But this the whole thing could even not even remotely have existed without him. So it kind of has to be him, I yeah. suppose. You know, yeah. What's your thing? Uh, I think uh, uh, filmmaking. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think that the there's few moments in cinema, in the history of cinema, that captures why cinema as a as a its own art form. Because let's say some movies you're watching them and you go, "Oh, that's a great bit of writing," or a great bit of acting, mm. or that's a nice shot. Mm. or I love this piece of music and the combination of the two you don't require like not saying that uh, it doesn't require cinema Mm. but it's not completely unique to cinema in a way but the Royal Garden scene is something that can only be done through cinema yeah as in the way that it makes you feel and stuff and I think that seeing somebody that is a genius uh, and not to overuse that word because that to be able to make this movie yeah. you have to be a genius not only the, like, of filmmaking but of just logistics, logistics yeah it's it's it nuts of just cajoling 150 people to be as uh, chaotic as they are but hit their marks yeah and be perfect and i think it's like is the sound effects Mm. is the the little stories of development and so and it, like again if you were in a theater if you're in different perspectives, you don't see anything. Mm. It's nothing. It's too much. But you can't write it either. No. As a piece of music, it wouldn't be done anything. It can only be filmmaking. And only amazing filmmaking. Even like when the fucking roof comes down and they start, like, they make it into a VIP area. Like, they just on that scene in those it's 42 so, so rapidly as well that like that oh that's another thing i loved about this as well is his transitions from um focus of characters yeah as well and like how he's like transitioning like sometimes between scenes but also within a scene to different scenes within the scene and like yeah. how he does that is like... like the editing is just unbelievable and i think also that the uh like that we speak quite often about spatial awareness mm. that you always know where you are yeah. in that chaos which is mind-blowing yeah that is not only that there's like that i c- try to count and I lost count because the scene just takes me away. But I counted 52 different storylines going on in that scene. In 52. And I lost count. There might be more. And those are the ones that I caught. Yeah. Because there's a lot more in the background. I don't understand why someone hasn't sat down and worked this out in a kind of a primer-like sense. Yeah. Well, like, but if you work it out, like, it would take a very particular <laughs> kind of... Uh, <laughs> Uh, person we, to we be doing be that, that person. yeah yeah um, like in the back and to the left is like uh, <laughs> like it, it, it turns into this Bruder film <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man um even like just the beginning I, yeah. as soon as i started watching it again i'm already smiling i already love <laughs> this movie but as soon as it gets to the royal garden scene i'm like 
I just feel so warm inside. Just the mo- like the little detail of the the coat lady just having a cigarette, <laughs> and just not being ready for anybody to come in and everything. Uh, the attention to detail is yeah, like, it's mind blowing. Mind blowing. And yeah. I think that even if you, even if the film was just those forty two minutes, it, it would be my favorite <laughs> one of my favorite films. But I mean, but... Like, if you saw an animation that was just those forty two minutes of all that going on, you'd be like, "Wow!" Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, but you know how many animators it would take to fucking <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's nuts. But and um, uh, what was your least favorite thing? Um. Knowing that I will never, ever, ever, ever be able to even attempt to make something like this. Uh, but at the same time, I don't know. You know, like whenever we're watching, actually Primer is a good example of that. When you're watching something and it's like Shane Carruth and you're like, what a dickhead. Is he's, he's definitely a genius. You know, look how young he was when he made this and blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. Something about, there's something in the like weird warmth of, of Tati that you can't, you can't dislike him. He was just. And also, it's just him. In the, <laughs> in the, I feel like I know him. Uh, I don't have uh, least okay. everything in this movie. It's one of those few films that I just watch it and is, yeah, other people might have problems. I think that the length is absolutely perfect because if you have a 42 minute scene in the middle of the yeah. movie, the rest of the movie is an hour and 20 minutes still. But like, it, it needs that length as well to, yeah. to say everything it needs to say. Jeez, um, I even like the, the fact that people just pop by with any other film they like three army guys come into mr hulogo and like oh, yeah. oh, uh, 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 from the army days or whatever one just disappears because he can't park or something and hulogo is like what <laughs> but uh and you never get like well he was in the army was he world war ii yeah, yeah, yeah what, what's no. going on there's no, no there's no. nothing and i love it like i love the fact that when they told him you had to put Mr. Hulot in it, he did it so, like... Begrudgingly. Uh, begrudgingly. Yeah. But it, somehow it works because yeah. he's just wandering the same way that you wander mm. through the city, kind of perplexed and uh, lost and everything. And then if you're lucky enough, you find that little moment of uh, connection. Yeah. And even if it's... And it's that kind of bittersweet that he just needed for her to get the scarf yeah that is it's just so lovingly like i i just like this movie everything is fine <laughs> yes like especially as well with the with um with the current world situation i thought that it'd be like a good yeah. movie to watch in a way that weirdly we have the mystic eyes is uh, 1968 yeah. or 67 so Cool. Well, that was playtime. Uh, thank you, Ricardo. It was definitely something different. Uh, I was trying to like write out the fucking social stuff earlier, and I was like, I don't really know what to say. Um, <laughs> so I was like, burp, burp, burp. Um, and as well, I didn't want to like give everything away because obviously you didn't know at that point what I thought. So I was like, be discreet or that. Oh yeah, like uh, we, when we record after you had to do your. Uh, social media uh, <laughs> commitments I'm always interested to see uh, but yeah no, I, I definitely definitely enjoyed it uh, cool so uh, Ricardo where can they find you uh, on Facebook the recommendation game at the rack game on Twitter uh, the recommendation game at gmail.com is our email uh, the Dublin Digital Radio Mixcloud you can see our uh, previous episodes or listen to them as well <laughs> you can just look, lovingly look at them if you want like whatever you and uh, you, you can find us in uh, your podcaster of choice uh, leave a like uh, subscribe all those lovely things and Cast Dublin Box. Digital yeah I'm using Castbox Cast Box seems lately, to be yeah. the favourite these days from our SoundCloud stats so that's the one I use yeah that's the one that yeah. I use as well, so. <laughs> Android what and then, um, uh, on Dublin Digital Radio Patreon if you want to support yes independent radio get, in Ireland you can go to cool parties and meet lots of nice people who like things and you can catch us on 11 o'clock every Monday as well yes and that's it uh, so Orlando what's your pick for next week uh, next week I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for Leave No Trace because I really want to watch it again um, and it was it's sort of like little through line of the kind of like Luddites let's say Luddites Unite um and yeah, I just um, 
everything that you should see it. So okay. that's my pick for next week. Fantabulous. Fantabulous. Until then, I was Ordemis. I was Reichadol Deacon. <laughs> Thanks for listening. See you next week. <laughs>